All right, folks, you are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show. I'm sitting down with MP from the European Parliament representing England, the UKIP party, Roger Helmer. He has been in industry for 33 years, and then he stopped working for a living and started getting into <laughs> politics. Uh, Roger, you're here as part of um, uh, this conference, which is the leadership conference that uh, is happening in Jerusalem the Jerusalem Leaders' Summit, a public policy conference. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Well, it's my pleasure. I'm glad to be here. Are you glad to be here? You know, you get a, you get a sense sometimes from England that Israel is not the, the best place in the world. In no, the I'm really glad to be here. I'm here because I chose to be here. Nobody sent me. Um, and uh, our political group in the European Parliament is keen to be supportive of Israel's position. Um, why is that? Because we recognize Israel as being an oasis of stability, uh, and of the values that we hold dear, which include democracy, freedom, uh, but also free markets, enterprise, um, the rule of law, uh, and in enormous contrast to the medieval theocracies that surround Israel and threaten Israel. Um, Israel is doing a great job in many respects, and it deserves our support. Why is it, though, that one gets a sense that uh, the English public, uh, the European Union in general, which is now contemplating also marking Israeli products uh, from which region mm. it comes from, including Judea and Samaria or the Golan yep. Heights. One does not get th what you just said makes a lot of plain sense. Here's a shiny, successful country that has uh, normal, modern values of yep. liberty uh, surrounded by, you call it theocracies. I just focus on the dictatorship side of it all. Well, indeed. Uh, so it's all plain sense, and yet in contra to plain sense, you get the the feeling that England does not see it that way. Well, the bad guys are, are particularly good at getting their propaganda out there. That's the uh, that's the problem that that Israel faces. Uh, and I think if I would criticize Israel on uh, uh, on its uh, public relations effort, its communications effort, um, I get some very nice people from the embassy who come and talk to me from time to time. But I think there is a job out there to do with the mainstream media and also with social media. Uh, and I think you, you, you need to have a, a, a very serious communication strategy. The other side has a very easy story. The people in Gaza are suffering dreadfully. Uh, Israel has been heavy-handed and is blocking their development. Uh, uh, Israel is settled in places where it has no right to be, according to uh, uh, UN agreements. There is an Israeli side of the story which is not cutting through, and that's something I think you need to focus on. And maybe we can help with a little bit. It's interesting that you say the word help, because when I think about the UK, I think of a, and the UK-Israel relationship, I think of a very, let's call it a, a, a complex relationship, one that's had ups and downs. Mm -hmm. In one, to one extent, we owe the rebirth of the state of Israel to the United Kingdom, to Balfour. Uh, and from there, from Balfour, the road went to San Remo, and from San Remo to the League of Nations. Yeah. There were people at that time that saw the importance of the Jewish people reestablishing their historic homeland. And then suddenly a turn where that mandate, which was supposed to create a Jewish state mm. that was that was taken upon the, 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 this kind of paternal action yep. of England, 
turned against Israel and started kind of... Well, I, I think that's perhaps a little bit overstated. I think, uh, you know, we used to have an empire. We used to control large parts of the world. Uh, we could therefore make promises and expect to keep them. Uh, but, of course, the, the geopolitical situation changed. We ceased to be, uh, we, we ceased to be top nation. Um, and really, the responsibility for carrying forward the commitments that have been made went first to the League of Nations and then to the United Nations, and now to an extent to the United States, which in a sense, occupies the role that perhaps Britain did 100 years ago. Uh, and so when people write to me, as they do, saying Israel is behaving in a bad way and you should oppose the free trade agreement between Europe and, uh, uh, and Israel and so on, I write back and say, well, hang on, guys. Think who is responsible for the present situation. First of all, Britain, because we were in, involved in setting up the state of Israel. Um, secondly, uh, the Arab states around Israel who have failed to take on the Palestinian refugees for many decades. Thirdly, Israel, and we were criticized some of the things that Israel has done. Uh, and fourthly, of course, the terrorist groups and countries around Israel who are firing rockets into Israel. There are many people who are involved in the problems uh, in Israel. So let's not blame Israel for everything when this is a multifactorial problem. We're speaking with MP from the European Parliament, Roger Helmer, and uh, a really refreshing voice as well, I must add. Uh, Roger, um, we're talking a lot about Israel, and you're in Israel right now, but some of the problems that Israel faces, and that is jihadism, mm -hmm. and these theocracies that you spoke about, uh, they were for a long time Middle East problems, but they're starting to turn into European problems with the influx of uh, mass immigration of Syrian refugees and others coming to places like Europe and mm -hmm. England as well. Well, it, it is a problem on an epic scale. Uh, and, of course, I question the word refugees. Some, of course, are refugees fleeing from uh, disastrous situations. Many, however, are economic migrants. Some are from Syria. Many are from other countries. Uh, but what we are facing is numbers on a scale we can't cope with and a completely different culture with completely different values who have no interest are not prepared to adopt our values, not prepared to integrate in our society. And some of them, perhaps minority, but some of them are actually declared in opposition to our values and are keen to change our society. Uh, and we are prepared to help people who are in desperate straits or entitled to claim asylum. We do not want tens or hundreds of thousands of economic migrants who are determined to overthrow our way of life. And not everybody in Europe sees it that way. Some of them are open, accepting these migrants or refugees with open arms, and they very well, very well may change the face of Europe. Well, the, there is absolute chaos in policy terms. Uh, and from the point of view of a Brit facing a, a referendum on membership of the European Union, the British people are seeing more and more that Europe is simply incapable of responding to crises, whether it's the Euro crisis, the immigration crisis. But take Angela Merkel. She started out saying, all Syrians are in a war zone. They are all entitled to refugee status. Let them all come. Europe will welcome them. And within weeks, that high-flown rhetoric uh, had turned into uh, razor wire and concentration camps. They don't like the phrase concentration camps, um, uh, uh, holding centers, I think they call them, but, but that's what they're amounting to. And we are hearing stories now of the most extraordinary problems and outrageous behavior in those camps uh, and people demanding more than Europe is able Im immediately to provide. And so do you think that Europe will see it your way, will we'll, uh, we'll push back on this uh, immigration, this uh, migrancy? Well, I think they're already. I think European citizens see it that way already. 
Um, I think some European countries, especially the Eastern European countries, see it that way. Uh, I don't have a lot of good words for the British Prime Minister, but he has held the line against European requests that we should accept a pro rata share uh, of the incoming migrants. He's told them in very clear terms what we're prepared to do, what we're not prepared to do. Uh, but the British people simply won't accept very large-scale immigration, in addition to the large-scale immigration that we already had. Now, a big issue here in Israel is this issue of uh, the uh, labeling of Israeli products. We have territories under our control which are disputed, Judea and Samaria, Gaza, Eastern Jerusalem, um, and we have products that are, that are coming out of there, oftentimes in Israeli factories that many Palestinians or Arabs are working in, uh, and yet uh, we feel, Israelis feel, and recently uh, uh, one of the... Uh, uh, one of the directors of the foreign ministry was saying that this is an unprecedented act that Europe is taking. It doesn't take this kind of act of asking products to be marked in any other of the conflicts and war zones and territorial issues around the world. Why is Israel being singled out? Is that right? Well, it's absolutely wrong. Uh, the first thing is that Europe should be helping to find a solution to the uh, Israeli-Palestinian problem by supporting these enterprises which provide employment to large numbers of Palestinians. So it's wrong in those terms. It's also wrong because if you start to look around the world for all those countries where we might have questions uh, about human rights, where do we start? Russia, China, uh, Saudi Arabia? Uh, are we going to apply sanctions uh, against all those countries? Are we going to stop buying Saudi Arabian oil? Of course we're not. So to single out Israel on these very dodgy grounds as one country of many countries where we might have questions uh, seems to me outrageous, and it is typical of the European uh, institutions that what they do is they, they have a knee-jerk emotional reaction uh, and they don't think the thing through and they then impose that solution on the member states so that the democratically accountable governments of member states, including Britain, have no say in this matter. We are simply told by our lords and masters in Brussels what we have to do. That is why we in Britain want to get out of the European Union. Finally, uh, the future of the uh, Israel, I guess in your case, your UK relationship, because what you just said, yep. that you'd like to see us, that you'd like to see mm. yourself not part of the European Union. What is the future of uh, Israel-UK relationships? Well, I hope they'll be very good. And, and we were hearing yesterday about the enormous uh, extent uh, of the Israeli commitment to the high technology industries. You know, if you want to boycott Israel, you've virtually got to boycott the internet because so much of the hardware and indeed software that goes into running the internet is actually coming out of Israel. Uh, we have to have a good relationship. I think there are commercial imperatives. Uh, but also, uh, you know, you've talked about the negative attitudes in Britain towards Israel, and there are negative attitudes, but there are also many people with positive attitudes. So I wouldn't give up hope. There are friends of Israel in Britain, um, and what we need to do is to be more outspoken and to argue the case for Israel. Well, uh, if, if, I, uh, if I would have heard it but didn't see it, maybe I wouldn't have believed it, but <laughs> you are sitting in front of me representing just that, uh, MP Roger Helmer. Thank you so much for speaking with us here today. Been my pleasure. Thank you very much indeed.